Thank you. Thank you. That's okay. I appreciate it. Thank you. Hi. Howdy. Hello. How are you? How do you do? How are you doing? How's it going? What's going on? What's new? What do you think? What do you hear? What do you say? What do you feel? What's shaking? What's happening? K Pasa, what's going down? What it is. Well, we got all kinds of ways to say hello. We got lots of ways to say hello. You know what my favorite one is? How's your hammer hanging? That's a good one, isn't it? Doesn't work too well with women, you know. Unless you're talking to a female carpenter, then it's perfectly all right. I've always wanted to say that one to a high church official. Good evening, your holiness. How hangs the hammer? So far, I haven't had that opportunity. Then there's one way to say hello that I really don't care for. There's one way I don't like. You know how some people will say to you, are they keeping you busy? As if someone has the right to come up and give me odd jobs. They say to me, are they keeping you busy? And I say, well, your wife is keeping me pretty busy, I'll tell you that. And that seems to hold them for about a half an hour. Then we have a lot of ways to say goodbye, too. We've figured out all kinds of ways to say goodbye. We say bye-bye, so long, see you later, take it easy, be cool, hang in there. You know what my favorite one is? Don't get run over. Well, some people need practical advice, you know? And some guys will say to you, hey, have a good one. I say, hey, I already have a good one. Now I'm looking for a longer one. And that seems to hold them for about a half an hour. Then you have all the foreign ways to say goodbye. You know, some people, when they leave you, they think they got to get tricky. And they'll whip an arrivederci on you. Or an au revoir, or off Wiedersehen, or adios. Or the American version of that one. Adios, motherfucker. Or aloha. That's a nice one, isn't it? Aloha. They say that in Hawaii, of course, and that means hello and goodbye. Which just goes to show, if you spend enough time in the sun, you don't know whether you're coming or going. <laughs> but if you notice this, sometimes you'll get in a rut with the way you say goodbye. Do you ever find yourself using the same phrase over and over again with everybody and you feel a little stupid, you know? Like if you're leaving a party and you have to say goodbye to five or six people in a row and you say, okay, hey, take it easy, 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 okay, hey. You feel like a goddamn moron, you know? You know what I do? Every month, I change the way I say goodbye. Whether I need to or not, every month, I start using a different phrase. People like that. They notice that little extra effort. They'll say to me, pardon me, but didn't you used to say, okay, hey, take it easy. I say, yes, I did, but not anymore. Now I say, farewell. Farewell till we meet again. Peace be with you. May the forces of evil become confused on the way to your house. That's a strong one, isn't it? People will remember you if you talk like that. Or sometimes you can combine several ways to say goodbye that don't seem to go together. Like, toodaloo, go with God and don't take any wooden nickels. <laughs> then people don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Or you can say goodbye in a realistic manner. So long, Steve. Don't let self-doubt interfere with your plans to improve your life. 
Well, some people need practical advice. Now, here's a situation you run into all the time. You notice how when you're leaving someone, a lot of times they'll give you a message to give to someone else. Like they say, give my love to Klaus. Tell Klaus Rebecca sends her love. Do you mind that? Do you mind being used that way? Do you mind the awesome responsibility of having to carry Rebecca's love to Klaus? Suppose you don't see Klaus. What are you going to do with Rebecca's love? Carry it around? Give it to someone else, maybe. Wilhelm, I can't find Klaus. Here's some of Rebecca's love. Suppose Wilhelm doesn't know Rebecca. Can he legally accept her love? Especially when it was originally intended for Klaus. Suppose you give Wilhelm Rebecca's love for Klaus and then you see Klaus, what are you going to give him? All you had was Rebecca's love and you've already gone and given that to Wilhelm. Can you logically ask Wilhelm to give back Rebecca's love to Klaus? Maybe he's gotten used to it by now. Can Klaus sue Wilhelm? Can Wilhelm be arrested? Can you be arrested for transporting love across a state line? All right, just for the sake of argument, let's leave Wilhelm out of this altogether. Suppose Rebecca gives you her love to give to Klaus, and you do see Klaus. What form should the love take? Can you risk giving Klaus a tongue kiss? Which brings up another problem. Maybe Klaus is gay. Klaus doesn't want Rebecca's love. Klaus wants Wilhelm's love. If Klaus tells you to give his love to Wilhelm, say, Bullshit, Klaus. You give your own love to Wilhelm. I'm going to find Rebecca. One final little portion of this. Sometimes people want you to take a hug and a kiss to someone for them. Now they've got you carrying cargo. Give them a big hug and a kiss for me. Give them a big hug and a kiss for me. Usually it's women. I find that women are a little more expressive at times like these. And sometimes they're really explicit. Bye-bye, Elena. Drive carefully and give Jake a big blowjob for me. Well, why don't you get Klaus to take care of that for you? Well, no matter how we say hello, it's nice to say hello to you. Hello, my friend. Also, I'd like to uh, welcome a few groups that we have here in the audience tonight. Perhaps you'd let us know where you're sitting. The Child Pornographers Association. God bless you. Wonderful work you're doing. The United Syphilis Victims. Many of the same people. <laughs> the Dirty Rotten Pricks of America. That's a proud organization. And you always have quite a turnout when I'm in town. The women who'll sleep with anyone. Well, not quite as many of them as I was hoping for. Those of you girls who did show up, don't forget cast party after the show. Now I'd also like to welcome, we have some people here tonight from some of the local homes in the area. When I say homes, I mean those kind of places where some of us, let's face it, have to be kept. 
the uh, home for those who no longer feel fine and dandy, the home for those who felt all right about a year ago, and the home for those who gave a shit up until yesterday morning. And apparently we also have some people here tonight from the Center for the Visually Unpleasant. <laughs> Try not to look directly at those people. Unless you're equipped with the special safety glasses. Now the only reason I mention those groups, the only reason I mention those groups is because those are a few of the charities that I've been working for lately. I like to mention the charities I'm interested in right here at the beginning of the show. As you know, a lot of entertainers, a lot of people in show business, they want you to know the good works they're doing. And hey, I'm no different from the others. But unfortunately for me, most of the really big charitable organizations are already spoken for. In fact, between Danny Thomas and Jerry Lewis, about 80% of the things that make you limp or tremble are taken. What it amounts to is that most of the really neat diseases are gone. So I'm forced to deal with some of the smaller organizations, such as the Salvation Navy. That's a good outfit. It's hard to get people to join, though nobody really wants to sit in a rowboat with a bass drum in his lap. Now, as long as we're in this sort of public service mood, I'd like to mention a social problem we have in this country that a lot of people don't like to talk about in public, but I think it's time we face this thing head on. It exists in a lot of families, though most people won't admit to it, and I'm talking about battered plants. It's plant beating pure and simple. There's no way to put a nice face on it, but battered plants is part of a larger problem. As you know, the overall problem is called the battering syndrome. And we've heard mostly about battered wives, and a lot of work has been done in that direction. But then we began to hear that there were battered husbands, too. There are battered husbands. Apparently, this happens when the woman is real big, the man is real small, and they each drink a quart of whiskey a day. <laughs> then we heard that there are other members of the family being abused, battered step-uncles-in-law, battered foster cousins, battered third cousins once removed. In fact, the whole idea of battered distant relatives strikes me as a little strange. To get on a bus and ride for six or seven hours just to beat the shit out of someone you hardly ever see. But the problem continued to spread. Battered fiancés, battered best friends, battered total strangers, which I think indicates a short fuse, don't you? And battered blind dates which, as many of you know, is so often completely justified. But then the problem got a little ugly, and the problem got a little strange. We began to hear about battered pets. Battered pets, that's how I felt. When I first heard of it, I couldn't believe it. I said to myself, what? And I answered, well, yes, apparently so, according to the information. I often have these little conversations with myself. I do so love good conversation. But it's true, there are battered pets. This happens when someone gets frustrated at work, comes home, beats the shit out of Fluffy. But then the problem got really sick. Then the problem, I don't know. We began to hear about battered plants. 
pattern, plans. I couldn't believe it. I said to myself, I said, what? And I answered, well. Because this time I was speechless. But it's true, there are battered plants. And I don't mean just physical abuse. I'm not talking strictly about the physical abuse of plants. I don't mean like drop kicking some zinnias into the next yard. I'm not talking about pistol whipping a gardenia. I'm not even talking about stopping the car, getting out and pissing on a bush. But I am talking about psychological torture. The mental abuse that we put plants through day in and day out. For instance, hanging plants. How do we know they aren't scared shitless up there? No wonder Ivy clings. You'd cling too to the side of a building. So when you get home tonight, please take a look around the house. Make sure you haven't put a plant in some corner where it doesn't want to be. And for God's sakes, never, never keep a plant in the bathroom. They hate that. And now, ladies and gentlemen, before we actually begin the humorous portion of tonight's show, I wonder if we might just have a moment of silence for the 43 elderly, mentally retarded Bolivian senior citizen volleyball fans who lost their lives this morning in a roller coaster accident just outside of La Paz, Bolivia. Apparently, they all stood up on a turn and went flying off into the cool, crisp morning La Paz air and being heavier than air landed in the funhouse. So I thought it might be appropriate for us tonight, as I say, to have just a moment of silence for the 43 elderly, mentally retarded, Bolivian senior citizen volleyball fans who went <laughs> off at a goddamn roller coaster into the goddamn funhouse. And in case you think this is a moment of humor, a time to be joking, a time to be poking your neighbor in the ribs, I ask you to please put yourself in a Bolivian's place. In fact, put yourself in your own place. But put that place in Bolivia for just a moment. Think of yourself visiting Bolivia, watching a Bolivian comedian in a Bolivian theater. And he says that some mentally retarded American volleyball fans were tossed out of a roller coaster, and he wants a moment of silence. And you're sitting next to some Bolivian jack-off who's giggling through his nose. Might I say you'd be highly pissed? Might I add, rightly so. So ladies and gentlemen, please, let us consider the many grieving Bolivians in our audience tonight. And let's check that very normal human impulse to laugh quite a bit when another person dies. And let us observe a moment of silence for the 43 elderly, mentally retarded, Bolivian senior citizens. Volleyball fans. Not to mention the poor unsuspecting fuckers in the funhouse. Well, I can see this isn't going to work. But that's all right. That's all right because 
I don't know what to do during a moment of silence either. I don't know what to do during a moment of silence. What do you do during a moment of silence? What do they want? What do they expect of me? Do they want me to pray? They don't say that. If they want me to pray, fuck them, let them ask. I'll pray, but God damn it, you gotta ask me. They don't say that. They issue no instructions whatsoever. You go to the baseball game, you go to the football stadium, and they'll say, Ladies and gentlemen, 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 ladies and
Well, let's go for it. Some guys will fuck anybody. Not me. Not anymore. Not since herpes and AIDS are going around. In fact, just to be on the safe side, I'm not even jerking off anymore. Well, I don't know where I've been. And you know, you know, the other day, too, I got to thinking about bisexuals and thinking what an awful life that must be. What a curse it must be to be a bisexual. Can you imagine wanting to fuck everybody you meet? Think of all the phone numbers you'd accumulate. You might as well just walk around with the white pages under your arm. And you know, I've always wanted to work in a delicatessen just so that a woman would come in one day and ask me to give her some tongue. And I'd say, well, I don't get off till four o'clock. And she'd say, well, I don't get off at all. That's why I'm looking for some tongue. So far, I just haven't had the opportunity. Ah, oh, time for a little relief here, you know. Sure, sure. Sometimes I go like this. But then I stop. This has been one of those times. This, uh, this next piece of material is uh, on a subject that most people can identify with. It's about losing things. You know, I don't like to lose anything. I don't like to lose anything. Because, where is it? <laughs> See, basically, that's the part that bothers me the most. I'm a practical guy. Where is it? <laughs> I just had it. You know that feeling? It was just here. Where is it? I don't know. It's gone. That's true. It's lost. I know. Where could it be? Could be anywhere. Maybe it'll come back. Maybe, but not yet. It's gone. That's true. Are we going to go through this shit again? Where do these things go when they're lost? There are some things I don't even care if I ever get them back. I just want to know where the fuck they went. And losing things is one of those things in life that's even worse when you're a child. Much worse to lose something when you're a child because people get on you for it. You know, it's double jeopardy. Not only is the item gone, but you're catching shit from up here. You what? I lost my yo-yo. Well, where did you have it last? Hey, if I knew that, I would still have my yo-yo. Then it must be somewhere, right? Then it just didn't get up and walk away. That one always got to me. It just didn't get up and walk away. One time I lost the cat. It just got up and walked away. And she actually started to say it. Well, it just didn't get up and... Hey, Ma, I think you figured this one out. Where do things go when they're lost? You know what I think? I think there's a big pile of things somewhere. I think there's a big constantly changing pile of things that are lost. 
You lose something, it goes to the pile. Then you say, oh, look, there it is. Right back from the pile. And you didn't even know there was a pile. And where is the pile? In heaven, of course. Has to be in heaven. That's the first thing that happens when you get to heaven. They give you back everything you ever lost. That's the whole meaning of heaven. You get back everything. Here you are, 79 pairs of sunglasses, 212 cigarette lighters, 4,983 ballpoint pens. And here's a jock strap we found on the Golden State Freeway. It appears to have mule hoof prints and chocolate sprinkles on it. Must have been quite an evening. Yes, you get back everything. You get back every... Well, not everything. You don't get the big things back. Good judgment, that never comes back. Your tonsils, your appendix, they keep those for display purposes. Virginity, you don't get that back because you were in such a big hurry to get rid of it in the first place. But you do get all your wallets. You get back every wallet you ever lost. No cash. It's just like Earth. Right. They keep the money as a prayer offering. Speaking of heaven, you know what else they have in heaven? They've got a special room for every balloon that ever got away. Yeah, next time you see a balloon drifting off by itself, relax. Soon it will be with its friends in the balloon room off the main hall in West Heaven. And that makes me happy. You know why? Because I'm a balloon guy. I am. I don't mind admitting it right in public. I'm a balloon guy. I love a balloon. You know what I say? I say, give me a balloon. Sometimes I say it loud. Give me a balloon! Most people don't pay any attention to me. Let's get back to losing things. Have you noticed some people, when they lose something, the first thing they say is it was stolen? That's their first reaction. Who stole it? It's an ego defense. They can't stand the fact that they might have been stupid enough to have lost something. Had to have been stolen. Even if it's something that nobody would really want. Hey! Hey! Who stole my collection of used bandages? And they also got away with my nude pictures of Ernest Borgnine. You ever notice this when you've lost something? That the longer you look for it, the stranger the places get that you're looking. You look at the strangest goddamn places after a while. You have to. Why? You've already looked in the easy places. Those are the first places we look, the obvious places. People say to each other, well, I've looked everywhere. Well, apparently not. Goddamn thing is still gone, isn't it? Let's keep looking in obvious places. I'll look in the furnace, you check the cesspool. You look in the strangest places. Did you ever look in the freezer for your car keys? You have to. Why? They might be in there. You wouldn't want to pass up a nice obvious place like a freezer, would you? You can picture them in there. That's, you can see them in there. Yeah, that's what the mind is for, picturing where you left your car keys. You can believe anything. You can follow the logic all the way back to the supermarket. I came out of the supermarket. I had the frozen banana guacamole in my hands. I drove home, got out of the car with the banana guacamole in my hand. I had my keys in his hand. I put the banana guacamole in the freezer. I probably just dropped the keys in there, too. Let's go take a look. Oh, shit, they're not in there. I could have sworn I left those keys in the freezer. And hey, who stole the banana guacamole? 
You look in the strangest goddamn places. Do you ever find yourself looking in a suit you haven't worn in 10 years for something you just had 20 minutes ago? You have to. Why? Six more pockets wouldn't want to pass them up, would you? Or else you wouldn't be able to say, I've looked everywhere. By the way, while you're in the closet, check the watch pocket of your grandfather's World War I uniform. You just might have handed him the keys before the Battle of Verdun. Here's another thing happens when you're looking for something. Did you ever notice that you'll be looking for something, you might be out in the garage, and every now and then you'll go back and look where the thing ought to be? You'll go, oh, right from the garage, you'll walk back and look in the top drawer. Nope, not back yet. You're convinced that St. Anthony will bring those keys back while you're in the goddamn garage. And of course, if you're looking for car keys, your pocket is one place where you have to look at least six or seven hundred times. You wear out the cloth in your pocket. Oh, jeez, I had them. They were right here, you know. Like, usually, usually I'll put them in here. See, I get out of the car, I have them. Hold on. See, now then, hold on. No, usually, see, now hold on. Wait a minute. Wait. No, no. But maybe I'll sneak up on them. No, they're not in there. I don't know what the hell I did with them. I had them, you know. Hold on, I have, what, what? Maybe they fell upwards, maybe they fell upwards and stuck to some bubble gum, hold on. Maybe for the first time in my life I dropped them down near my balls. No, 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 no. Well, your imagination runs away with you. Well, those are easy things, car keys, those are common. Sometimes it's an unusual item that's missing, like the couch. Did you ever come home and the goddamn couch is gone? Where's the couch? I don't know. It's gone. That's true. Where could it be? Could be anywhere. Maybe it'll come back. Maybe, but no, not this. Too big. Nothing over six feet ever comes back on its own. Well, it was here this morning. Well, of course it was here this morning. There'd be no sense in mentioning the fact that it isn't here now unless it had been here this morning. Fuck you, I'm tired of your shit. Why don't you take your logic and go to bed? I can't. Why not? I sleep on the couch. My uncle used to do that, and we used to slap the shit out of him. He was a real asshole. Are there any, uh, any guys here tonight wearing an earring? How about a sanitary napkin? Do you have one of them on too? Nah, uh, uh, no, that's a cheap, that's a cheap joke. I'm sorry, that was a cheap joke, and I'm better than that. No, I'm not. Well, I only ask for a specific reason. Don't mean to embarrass anybody. See, I once wore an earring, and I'm wondering if the climate is still the same for people who take a chance. And I don't know, I guess it's a little different now. This was 10 or 12 years ago. It can't be quite the same. But uh, when you wear an earring, certain things, I noticed certain things. This was, I say, 10 years ago, I decided to wear an earring. The only reason I had, very simple motive, I just wanted people to think I was different. Okay? And I thought, well, I'll drill a hole in my flesh. <laughs> I only have seven holes in my head now. I'll make an eighth hole in my head and put an ornament in there and people will have to deal with me. I just wanted people to think I was a little strange, okay? I mean, apparently it wasn't strange enough that I stand up here going... I needed something a little extra. 
And I thought, well, self-mutilation, that might do the trick. So I drilled a hole in my ear, put an ornament in there, and set about my task. First thing I noticed was that some people didn't care. In fact, the whole world seemed indifferent to what I had done. Most people will not even look at the earring I noticed. That they would look right in my eyes, ignoring the earring, and I know what's going through their mind. They're thinking, this asshole is wearing a fucking earring. But a lot of people wouldn't look at it because they couldn't handle it. That's I know that's what was going on. They couldn't handle it because they didn't know what it meant. You know, some people think everything has to mean something. Well, some things don't mean anything. But people think it means something. It means you're gay. If it's in this ear, it means you're gay. If it's in this ear, it means you like the hump water buffalo or something. I don't know. Somebody said to me, well, what does it mean? I said, it means I killed a man in prison for asking fucking questions. <laughs> and that seemed to satisfy his curiosity. Another guy says to me, are you gay? I said, well, bend over and let's find out. <laughs> you know... I mean, it's the same thing if a man carries a little bag, a little purse in his hand, you know? That's all it is. It's a little purse. It's a purse. That's all. Some guys can't handle that word. Some guys who carry them can't even call it that. They'll say, where's my little bag? I'll say, fuck you, it's your purse. Pick it up and get out of here, will you? I mean, if you can't handle the word, don't carry the bag. That's all it is. It's a little purse. I got one big deal. What does it mean? But some people like to taunt you. They'll say, is that your purse? And I say, yes, it is. And I have a picture of your mother in here sucking off an Indian. And that seemed to satisfy their curiosity. So I wore this earring for about two years or three years, and then I decided not to wear it anymore when I heard that Andy Rooney had one. I thought, well, fuck me. How different can I be? So I stopped wearing it, and my hole grew over. My earring hole. <laughs> oh, not my asshole. What, are you crazy or something? Get out of here. No, your asshole grows over. You might as well check straight into a cemetery. Because you're going to spend a lot of time walking around the beach wondering why you're getting larger. No, 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 no. My earring hole grew over. And people noticed it. People would say, aren't you gaining weight? And I say, yes, my earring hole grew over. And aren't you a keen observer of detail? But these days, if you want to be different these days, one earring isn't enough. You've got to have a whole colony of those goddamn things growing up the side of your head like they're out of control. Some guys are walking with a 30-degree list to port, setting off metal detectors all over town. Or if you really want to be different, you've got to get your nose pierced. That'll make you different. Get your nose pierced. Actually, you don't have to get it pierced. You can do it yourself at home with a paper punch. Makes a nice clean hole, only hurts for about a month. And then you can put one of your dad's tie tacks in there. Hi, Dad. What's that, one of my tie tacks? Yep. Well, make sure you bring it home. You'll make a good impression at the job interview with one of your dad's tie tacks sticking through your nose. I figure it's your body. Well, some guys won't get that done. That's not a guy's thing for the most part. You won't see too many guys with the nose to It's more of a woman's thing to do. Guys figured out a long time ago. Hey, I get punched in the face with one of those things in. It's going to staple my nose to the back of my skull. Whoa, this fucking hurts, man. Well, I want it to be different. <laughs> well, you are now. No, that's not for men. For the most part, you don't see men. It's women have that, and some women have more than one. Some women have two or three of those things in there. God, I could never have handled that. I mean, it was hard enough keeping one earring clean. Can you imagine three nose studs and a heavy cold? Whoa. 
Forget about it. And you might sneeze and kill your friend. Fucking Joey, my eye! My eye! Now your friend has a pierced eye to go along with your pierced nose. A little water, you know, a little water. It didn't hurt to have a little water. Yeah, you know. <clears throat> the swallow flipper is working, I'm happy to say. I'd like to talk a little bit about sports. Sports are very big in this country. I'm a sports fan. That's fine, thank you. Yes, I know a lot of people feel positive about sports. As I say, I'm, I'm not a fanatic about sports, but I'm not a casual observer either. I uh, was watching ESPN today, for which I'm thankful, by the way, all sorts of strange things they show on ESPN. Today they had some swimming that was interesting, the women's 200-meter breaststroke. Well, I'd never seen a woman with 200-meter breasts. So I was really interested. Well, I'll tell you this, I'm enough of a sports fan but I suggest, I have some rules changes I would like to suggest. I think there are some changes we could make in certain sports that would make them more exciting, you know? Like in football, I would let all 45 guys play at the same time. You know, what's this shit standing around watching the game? Get in there, put a helmet on and hurt somebody, for Christ's sake, will ya? You're not getting paid to watch, and never mind lining up, just grab the ball and run like a motherfucker, you know? Another thing I would do in football, I would leave the injured on the field. Well, they're always talking about how it's a big war going on out there. Fine, let the Red Cross come around and pick these assholes up. Here's how I change basketball. You could make basketball a lot quicker. You know what you do? You have a two-second shot clock. As soon as that ball is inbounds, get that bitch up in the air. I didn't come to watch a game of catch. I'm looking for a four or five hundred point ball game. I'm a fan. I want six overtimes and a thousand points on the board. Another thing I would do for basketball at the center court line, for 10 feet on either side of the center court line, I would have a gasoline fire. You talk about the fast break, you'd see the really fast break. Here's another suggestion for basketball. I would allow 25 points for any ball that goes in the basket off another guy's head. You'd see some good fights during those close games, I'll tell you. And you'd increase the chance for serious injuries. That's what I'm looking for, injuries. That's what I like about sports. I don't care who wins these games. If I want to see winners, I'll watch the Academy Awards. I'm looking for injuries, serious, lifelong, crippling, debilitating injuries. I'm an American. Give me a little violence and I'm a happy guy. Most people won't admit that. Most people won't admit that. They'll say, well, I like the competition. Yeah, like Hiroshima, right? <laughs> Fuck the competition. I'm looking for a leg in two or three places. Well, now, getting back to how we can improve these sports and speed them up. You know, baseball needs a little speeding up. You know how you speed up baseball? Everybody gets one swing. That's it. One swing. Fuck you. You're out. Sit down. Come on. Let's go. Come on. Sit down. Next. Come on. Let's go. Here's another thing to make base baseball a lot faster. If the pitcher hits the batter with the ball, batter's out. You hit 27 guys, you got yourself a perfect game, my friend. You get two really good, accurate pitchers out there and you could be out of that ballpark in 15 minutes. You could be home watching football on TV and see some serious goddamn injuries. One more thing for baseball. Out in the outfield, I would have a series of randomly placed landmines. 
There's Marshall settling under that ball. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> now, I must explain. The only reason I mentioned baseball, basketball, and football is because, to my way of thinking, these are really the only three sports we have. Nothing else qualifies as a sport, according to me. Everything else is a game or an activity. Hockey comes to mind. People think hockey is a sport. Hockey is not a sport. Hockey is three activities going on at the same time. Ice skating, playing with a puck, and beating the shit out of somebody. Now, if these guys were intelligent at all, they would do these things one at a time. First you go ice skating, then you play with a puck, then you go to the bar and beat the shit out of somebody. But they would last a lot longer and these guys would have a whole lot more fun. Tell you another reason hockey is not a sport, it's not played with a ball. Anything that isn't played with a ball can't be a sport. These are my rules, I make them up. Hockey is played with a puck. What is a puck? I never even heard of a puck outside of hockey. Have you ever heard of a puck? The only other place you find a puck is in the urinal to control the smell in the bathroom. All right? And as far as I'm concerned, any game where the main object is something that came out of a urinal is definitely not a sport. <laughs> soccer? Soccer is not a sport because you can't use your arms. Anything where you can't use your arms can't be a sport. Tap dancing isn't a sport. I rest my case. <laughs> Another thing I don't like about soccer, they got dots on the ball. That's a big rule of mine. No goddamn dots on the ball. <laughs> running. People think running is a sport. Running isn't a sport, because anyone can do it. You know, anything we can all do can't be a sport. I can run, you can run. My mother can run. You don't see her on the cover of Sports Illustrated, do you? People say, I'm going to run down to the store and buy a loaf of bread. Fine! It's not a goddamn sport. I'm not going to pay to watch you buy a fucking loaf of bread. Swimming. Swimming isn't a sport. Swimming is a way to keep from drowning. That's common sense. Sailing? Sailing isn't a sport. Sailing is a way to get somewhere. Riding a bus isn't a sport. Why the fuck should sailing be a sport? <laughs> boxing is not a sport. Boxing is a way to beat the shit out of somebody. In that respect, boxing is a more sophisticated form of hockey. But beating the shit out of somebody is not a sport in spite of what the police think. When police brutality becomes an Olympic event, fine, then boxing can be a sport. Bowling? Bowling isn't a sport because you have to rent the shoes. Don't forget my rules, I make them up. Billiards? Now, billiards is not a sport because there's no chance for serious injuries. Unless you welch on a bet in a tough neighborhood. Then, if you see a guy with a pool cue sticking out of his ass, you know that might be a sports-related injury. But that's not billiards, that's pool. And that starts with a P and that rhymes with D and that brings me to darts. Now darts could be a sport because you might put somebody's eye out. But darts will never be a sport because the whole object is to reach zero, which goes against all sports logic. Lacrosse? Lacrosse is not a sport. Lacrosse is a faggot college activity. Sorry about that. That's right. Anytime you're standing in a field with a stick with a net on the end of it, you're engaged in a faggot college activity. Same thing goes for field hockey and fencing. These things aren't sports, but you can't gamble on them. Anything you can't gamble on can't be a sport. When was the last time you made a fucking fencing bet? <laughs> gymnastics? Gymnastics is not a sport because Romanians are good at it. 
Took me a long time to come up with that rule, but by <laughs> God, I thought of one. Polo, polo isn't a sport, polo is golf on horseback. <laughs> it's a great concept, but it's not a sport. And water polo, I don't even want to mention water polo because it's extremely cruel to the horses. <laughs> Which brings me to hunting. You think hunting's a sport? Ask the deer. <laughs> the only thing good about hunting is the many accidents on the weekends. Which brings me to auto racing. Now we're talking serious goddamn injuries, folks. I don't know about you, but that's what I'm looking for in auto racing. A nice crash and a car fire. I don't care who wins these races. It's the same five rednecks who win all the time. Anyway, who gives a shit about these people? I gotta be honest with you. Listen. I gotta be honest. Driving 500 miles in a circle does not impress me. I'm looking for an accident. Let me put it this way. When else am I going to see a 26-car collision and not be in the goddamn thing? Then we have tennis. Now, tennis... Very trendy, not a sport. Tennis is a form of ping-pong. In fact, tennis is ping-pong played while standing on the table. You know? Great idea, <laughs> but it's not a sport. In fact, all racket games are nothing but derivatives of ping pong. Even volleyball is racketless team ping pong played with an inflated ball and a raised net while standing on the table. <laughs> then finally we come to golf. Do you ever watch golf on TV? It's like watching flies fuck. I get more excited picking out socks. <laughs> Golf could be fun if you could play alone, but it's these genetic defectives that you have to hang around with. That makes it such a boring pastime. Think of the brains that it takes to play golf. Hitting a ball with a crooked stick and then walking after it. And then hitting it again. I say pick it up asshole, you're lucky you found it, put it in your pocket and go the fuck home, will ya?